and, uh, uh, and I got some encouraging things, I hope, for you. Uh, bittersweet day for me. It's my first Mother's Day without my mom. Uh, there's a number of you around who uh, are right with me on that, and so uh, I'm not alone. Uh, and so it is a hard day where there is no uh, phone call or flowers or um, brunch, but uh, it is a great day. I'm thankful for, that it's Mother's Day today to have an opportunity uh, to dive into mom a bit and think about my mom too. And I've got a few things from her that uh, I think will be helpful. But I want to draw upon uh, the mom of the Bible. And now, just give me some grace, because I don't ha- I'm not a mom, I'm not, I don't have a mother's heart, uh, and anything that sounds like a son's heart, just uh, give me some grace for that. Uh, but I do think there's a mom in the Scripture here, that uh, the mom in the Scripture here, uh, that could be encouraging. Now, I would like to, uh, I recognize we've got a whole room full of all different ages and uh, stations in life related to moms, but uh, since it's just one Sunday a month, I would like to give some encouragement to those moms with kids uh, that uh, are in the middle of, of raising them, hoping they turn out like God wants them to do everything, their heart and passion. And I want to just talk to moms with kids, and you guys, uh, just suck it up for one Sunday. Maybe, maybe learn how you can encourage mom, and uh, uh, you older moms without kids, uh, maybe you can use some of this to help those moms around. Uh, because it's a big assignment, and we want to honor those. And those moms that can't get enough of kids, so they get more of them, uh, we want to encourage you. So Mary uh, has some words, I think. Now, when I think of Mary, I always think of the, you know, the Christmas timeline, and that's when we hit some Mary discussion every year, and, then, uh, and how she fits in the whole uh, sequence of Christmas. But... Uh, we talked about Mary two, almost two years ago when we launched this series in Luke, and uh, I, uh, Kathy Gregg actually did a sermon on Mary, if you recall. It was very good uh, on the uh, uh, Mary song, the Magnificat, and, uh, uh, and I, even then, Mary, uh, pretty helpful as a build-up to Jesus and this whole uh, re-Jesusing project we've been in, but it's been fun to look at Mary in light of Mother's Day. And I had this question that I was working on. What would Mary say to young moms? If Mary, on the end of her life, uh, and she would have been, pouring into the life of uh, younger gals, because that's the way culture worked back then, the older gals would pour into the life of the younger gals. And so you didn't go it alone if you were raising kids. You'd find somebody like a Mary and say, hey, what do you know about this? And uh, so... Uh, I think Mary, uh, now this is speculation because we don't know what uh, she was doing in her later life, but uh, I think she would have said a few things related to how the whole thing got started. So I am going to draw from Luke chapter 1, and uh, you know how the story goes, but think of it in light of Mother's Day instead of Christmas uh, this time. It was the sixth month, I'm in verse, if I can see those small numbers, 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's her aunt, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. 
anybody would be. Out of, out of, out of anywhere uh, comes this angel and talks to you. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And of course, what's the first thing Mary would do? Go back to the first part. You just said, uh, I'm going to have a son and I'm a virgin. I, I need some clarity there. I mean, if you were hearing an angel tell you that, you would go, wait, 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 wait. I heard that other stuff, but I'm going to have a son? Yes, you're going to have a son. Wow, I'm a virgin. Whoa. It's gonna, and you, he's going to be great. And he's going to be called the son of God. Well, obviously, uh, you know how that played out. And uh, she gave birth to Jesus. But I think over the course of her raising Jesus, she referred back to these words. The words that followed after that, the, the big uh, news of giving birth to a son. These words right here. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. I think if you're a mom, you need a word. Mary needed a word to raise this son. She needed something from God that she could Go back to all the time. This is who this is. This is what I'm doing. This is where this is going. I don't know, especially when it's frustrating and he's not doing what he's supposed to do. Oh yeah, this is who he is. He is great. It says, he will be great. The word is megas, which is like you hear it. He's going to be a mega big deal. You're raising a big deal. And I think that word <coughs> carried her as she raised him, as she, that thought. You've got to have something that you can tap into as you raise a kid, a son or a daughter, that brings you back, that, that, that taps you into who they are individually. Proverbs says, raise up a child in the way they should go, and they won't depart into it later. Now they'll come back later, however the end of the verse goes. But in the thing, it says, in the way they should go, that individual way they should go. Every single person that's been created, that's alive, has a destiny, and God sees them as an individual. Mary knew who this was. Now, Mary had three other sons and some daughters. She had, she had James. She had Simon. She had Jude. And she had some, some daughters too. And, and I believe that after, I mean, obviously this is the big assignment. She's raising Jesus, the son of God. Big deal assignment. And then these other sons come along from her husband, Joseph. I bet she went back to God and said, you gave me a word on how I was to raise uh, uh, Jesus. I need a word from you on how to raise James. And it's probably not going to be uh, like the archangel Gabriel showing up and giving the word, but I, I need a word from you. Let me see who they are. Let me see that person, this, this baby and this child as you see them, because I want to see that. Now, I bet she'd tell you from the back end, telling a young mom, yeah, I was given a word, and I lived off of that word as I was raising that child. Now, it would have been a different word than the one for Jesus, obviously, because he was the son of God. But James was important. Matter of fact, we think uh, that he wrote the book of James. They debate about that, but there's a lot of evidence, I think, that he did. 
Jude, wrote the book of Jude, and he uh, actually uh, must have been an important person in the church because uh, he, had, he warned against imposters in the middle of your church. She's been through a lot, and she needed a word to go on. I think a mom, whether uh, you didn't realize this and your kids are already out or you're just getting started, how does God see your kid individually? Just like your kid can pick you out, God has picked them out individually for their own destiny, and you have been entrusted with the opportunity to see that happen in their lives. And I would say that when uh, it gets dark and you're not sure how it's going, you refer back to what you've heard. Now, it might be a, a word. It might be a vision. It might be an impression. I don't want to tell you how God's supposed to speak to you, but I would pursue it. And Mary would tell you on the backside of this thing, get a word. Get a word. And it even says here, um, uh, as she's leaving, as this angel leaves, uh, says for no, uh, the, the angel says, for no word from God will ever fail. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. May your word that you gave me be fulfilled for in him. And that, wouldn't that be the prayer of every mom? Just two weeks ago, uh, when Mike got baptized, he got baptized. His mom had a word for him 25 years earlier. It's getting started right here, a praying mom with a word. It's beautiful. Mom, encouragement is, pursue that, because I think God will tell you. I would want that. Well, Mary, what else would you say? Well, right after that, in verse uh, 39, at that time, after this angel left, at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. That's her aunt. So what does she do? She gets this word. She finds out she's pregnant, and she heads straight 100 miles away to her aunt's house. Now, at first pass, that looks like somebody who got pregnant out of wedlock and went to their aunt in California to avoid the shame and then came back later like happens in society. That's not what is happening here. That is, not, Although she wasn't what culturally would be a very shameful thing. You already know this from the Christmas story. But what does she do? She goes to Elizabeth's house. And it says, and uh, about the greeting, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now that must have been a pretty interesting greeting when she shows up and says, look, I just got this word and now I'm pregnant with, from the Holy Spirit. Now, every person I know who's kind of mentoring would turn and say, oh, the Holy Spirit, yeah, right, I'm here for you. That's nobody, I mean, it'd be hard to believe that. You say, yeah, you got yourself into trouble. We'll work that through. Coach you a while. I'm here for you. Holy Spirit, Because it's so far-fetched. But when, apparently, however, Mary uh, uh, presented this to Elizabeth in this greeting, Elizabeth, it says, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the baby leaped in her womb. She was, uh, she was pregnant with, as you know, John. She was to name that baby John. It would be John the Baptist, the greatest of all men. Jesus, born of men, and Jesus was born of God. The two greatest men in the world, right there in uh, present. And it says, the baby leaped. Now, I don't know. I felt Gwen's tummy when the kids were kicking. And I don't know what it's like for the baby to leap in there. Ah, you know, high five. It, I mean, I don't know, but uh, you picture it. It says the baby leaped in her womb. 
And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she proclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears? The baby in the womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord would fulfill his promises, that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Both ladies had an impossible thing. Elizabeth was so old she couldn't have kids, and obviously, you know, Mary was a virgin. And so they are living in the impossible together. There's something here underneath that. I think in the backstory, you know, years later, decades later, if Mary were saying, hey, mom, you know what I think you should do? I think you should go find somebody to be with. I mean, dads, they kind of, Joseph is probably like, uh, I don't get it. I don't know. Like I was, I, I don't know. We'll wait until they can talk uh, to, to jump into this. But so dads, we don't necessarily get it. I think a mom needs another mom to walk with you. I don't think you, that's something you can do as an island. I don't think that's something you can do on your own. And I think she would tell you, certainly there's the truth of what she's saying about this is the Son of God, but there's just the reality that you don't do it alone. If you did, you just can't. It's too much to do on your own. They spent three months together, and I believe that they were being equipped to do what God had given them to do, and they were mutually encouraging to one another. And I bet for years, they talked about uh, what they learned right there. And so I just give you that encouragement, moms. It's okay. Dads, why don't you make sure mom has some space to spend some time with somebody else that can speak into their life? Or maybe some of you gals who were moms long ago and uh, our uh, kids were moved out a long time ago, maybe you can draw close to some young moms, speak into their lives, be there for them. You can't do it on your own. It's just wisdom that took... Uh, Mary to see Elizabeth, and I think that's what she'd tell you. So what happened during those three uh, months that she was there? She wrote this thing that we call the Magnificat, Mary's song, and uh, it's a a beautiful portion of Scripture, uh, and and she got that prophetically while she was, um, in her first three months, pregnant. It reads like this, and I think this is important. Because uh, I think this goes to, if you asked, if you asked uh, Mary, so how did you raise Jesus? What did you teach him? She'd tell you, it's that moment by moment thing, that investment on a daily basis, just putting a little in here and a little in there every single day. You know, a kid's uh, character and core values are shaped by the age of six Who's the most important person in a person's life the first six years of their life? Well, dad is, we'd like to think, because we impart identity and things like that. It's mom. Most of what people are like are what mom gave them in the first six years. Mary, what did you give your, what did you give your kids? What did, how did you invest in your, in your kids? I think, I think she would say, well, I went back to what God gave me in that word right here. And you can see it in how her kids played out. It goes like this. He wrote down, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Don't you think as he, she spent time with Jesus and the other boys and girls, She referred back to what happened 
frequently. Now, we just live in a humble place. We don't live in a, a, a royal palace or anything like that. You know, my husband, your dad is a carpenter, humble circumstances. But God saw our circumstances and that his plan would be through us to do something miraculous. I think they heard that all the time about the, 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 the beauty of the, of the humble state. It says right there, be mindful of the humble state of his servant. He saw me here and chose me. Now, don't you think this is bizarre? Okay, you've got the God of the universe who wants to have a relationship with mankind, a love relationship, and he's sitting there, uh, uh, the first person of the Trinity, the Father is talking to the second person of the Trinity, says, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do to redeem mankind so that we can have a relationship with them. You're going to go back uh, and become a man and uh, uh, by being the propitiation for their sin on the cross, you're going to die and then uh, everybody is going to be able to be clean before me and have a relationship with me. Is that good? Oh, and yeah, and you're going to go, okay, back as a man. How's that play out? Well, you're going to go as a baby because that's how men come right? And you're going to have a mother. And that mother is going to have responsibility. A mother is going to have responsibility for training God to go in the way that he should go so that you and I can have a relationship with God. And that is plan A. That was plan A. That in his humanness, she would, he would be trained. He didn't come up with everything uh, on his own. All of a sudden, I mean, the Holy Spirit obviously led him. But when he got up and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Where did he hear that? He heard that from a mom who knew humility and taught humility to who came from humble circumstances. Holy cow, the God of the universe has a mom now, we never really think about that. We just kind of jump straight up to the time he's in the temple, telling the rabbis uh, how it works. And the fact is, no, he had to be raised to become who he was supposed to be, and that was plan A. From now on, all generations will call me blessed because what I'm doing will affect all generations. And the very fact that you and I are right here is because Mary nurtured a son. Wow, that's, mom, that's big mom business there. For the mighty, I just went all the way through this and saw repeatedly how what she said here, she would have taught them on an ongoing basis and how then they uh, lived it out. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. That's not the first time he thought of that. His mom told him that all the time. You can do great and mighty things. Matter of fact, the very reason you're here, Jesus, is from a miracle. God can do anything. We teach that to our kids. You can trust God no matter what. That's what we do. Uh, his, his mercy extends to those who fear him. How many times did Jesus say, fear not? Fear not. Hey, you guys are going to go out two by two, but don't fear. Hey, little children, don't fear comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration. Don't fear. Where did he learn not to fear? A mother 
who repeatedly said, don't fear man, fear God. If you fear God, you don't have to fear man. Her other sons, James, we, uh, he was martyred. They stuck it out to their purpose because they didn't fear man. They feared God. They got that from their mom. He has scattered uh, the, he has scattered those who are proud in the innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. Rulers from their thrones. You know, Jesus, if I were Jesus, I would have talked a lot um, about all the, you know, the rulers that were around me, Herod and, uh, and Caesar, because uh, all we talk about is the president, right? It's all we talk about what the president is doing. Uh, Mary said, no, no, no. It's about, it's about your heavenly Father who's the ruler. It's the ruler that you're going to become. Uh, you know, Jesus didn't talk about Herod. One time he said, that fox, don't be trapped in the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Caesar, he said, you know, we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. About you give to Caesar what's Caesar and to God what's God's. Because he understood because a mom poured into his life. He says, but has lifted up the humble. So James, he says in chapter 4, James turns and says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, which is, by, an, by the way, in Old Testament uh, Scripture, that he had been taught. By who? And then a f- few verses later, it says, he lifts up the humble. He had been, he, James had been taught by Mary. This stuff here. He has filled the hungry with good things. I just wonder when I read that, I wonder if... Uh, uh, she, when she heard about, or maybe she was there, when the 5,000 got fed, you know? <laughs> I wonder if it made her smile. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that ever since they were little. He has sent the rich away empty. Just two weeks ago, or a month ago, this guy comes up to Jesus and says, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And he says, well, to sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. And he couldn't because he had a lot and he walked away. I wonder when Mary heard about that one if, oh, he cared more about that guy's heart than that guy's money. And he learned that all the way from when he was little, just getting started. I think she would sit there and tell you, Mom. I think she would tell you, I had some words from the beginning and I poured those words, I invested those words into my kids. And it makes all the difference. And what you say, moms, makes all the difference. It makes more difference than even what you say, dad. You're the one who gets to spend the time. You're the one that they would identify. We better not try that assignment with dads, with little kids, because they probably won't get it. But they'll get mom, because it's a nurturing mom. And I know it feels like sometimes you're failing. I mean, I don't know what Mary must have felt like when they lost Jesus back at the temple and didn't know where he was for two days. They lost God. That would be basically feeling like, I think we might have messed up. Do you think she, I bet she was in the, in the tent with uh, Joseph going, I can't believe it, I'm the worst mom. She, I'm, I'm mom of God and I lost him. And I know that so many uh, moms feel like it's not working like it or you haven't done a good job. And it's, it's, Mary would tell you, yeah, I know about that. You know, uh, I got a, the, a video sent by uh, Kathy Gregg. You've probably seen it on Facebook. But I think it'll be an encouragement to you moms. Uh, just exactly on that. Can you fire that up? About moms and whether you're doing it. Moms, you're doing all right. 
you're doing all right, and uh, uh, whatever you're feeling inadequate about, God's got this, and he's got you. And your kids got more bandwidth than you think uh, for however you're doing. And you, you know, when you have a word, you partner up, and you invest in the lives of kids, even when you make mistakes, you leave an inheritance. We usually talk about inheritance coming from the Father and all that biblical stuff, but you leave an inheritance uh, into the lives of your kids. Not one that's written in a will or anything like that, but one that's written through your life as you live it out. I've been thinking a lot about this right now. Um, my, one of my mom's uh, real goals was to leave her three kids an inheritance. Uh, and and uh, she, she was very mindful, intentional, on purpose on that all the time. Um, I, I was with her uh, a week before she died, uh, beginning of, or end of February, and I needed to go get some food because she was on oxygen and really couldn't go get uh, the food. And she goes, now, Charlie, when you go, uh, I only spend 50 cents per protein serving. Well, Mom, that's got to be like, what, a tenth of a pound or something? No, a protein serving is a quarter pound. Mom, that is impossible. There is no meat in the store for $2 a pound. I live on a very intentional budget, and I have for many years, and yes, it can be done, and you need to go do that. I can't do that. I don't even do a quarter pound. I've got to be honest with you. I'm going to buy more than that, and I'm buying it. So I went in and I just bought, I just bought shrimp, you know, most expensive stuff. I'm buying it now, Mom. And I, but I said, Mom, you can't do it. She goes, oh, yes, you can. And then she says, how do you think you're getting an inheritance? Oh, great, Mom. Now you're trying to make me feel guilty about an inheritance that you ate quarter, quarter pound, 50 cent protein servings. So I could, and I, I, that's exactly what I said to her. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. It's not a burden to me at all. It's, this is what got me. It's a joy to me. It's my pleasure to do that. I have never once regretted doing that. And I even could tell right in the moment that she told me that, that she was speaking something that was uh, gonna be appropriate really soon. You know, and she did. She left uh, the three of us um, um, an inheritance. For some, it's huge, and for some, it's not much at all. Uh, for us, it's a, su- a huge blessing. And I did. I, I, you know what? I, I got this inheritance, and um, I've been driving a minivan. Come on now. <laughs> um, uh, uh, man, you like the minivan thing. I needed a racing stripe or a, some flames or a number on that minivan, because I've been driving that minivan. So I got some inheritance, and I did get me a pickup. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a, it's a used one, but a very nice one. But I had, to, I had to think that through a little bit, because, uh, you know, God, how, do, how am I to see this inheritance that's coming from my mother? Well, one, move about freely, because that's her desire. And don't ever forget what it cost for her to give it. Now, I'm just, that's just about money. That's just about money, but the inheritance 
that moms give is so much more than money. And you're to move about freely, Charlie, in what she gave you and realize what it costs. And I knew that that wasn't about motherhood. That was about Ephesians 4. Who from his glorious riches in heaven gave us an inheritance. All of us. And my mom helped me understand it a little bit. That we move about freely with all that he has provided for us. Eternal life, peace, power, contentment in whatever's going on. All of these riches, we move about freely, but never forget what it costs for you to do that. And so, uh, you know, Mary actually outlived, well, sort of. I don't know, Jesus is now alive, but she saw her son get murdered, and she saw her other son get murdered. No mom should outlive their kids. And Mary could relate to your pain, moms who have dealt with and are dealing with that kind of loss. But she did leave an inheritance. And you and I are moving in that inheritance right now. From generation to generation. Her son who died for you and I is her inheritance now. From a mom. So moms, just applaud you. And as you take communion, you know, other denominations, they call this the Eucharist. And Eucharist just means thank you. Thank you. What you're doing when you take communion at the table, you're saying thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for uh, giving your body and your blood so that I could have life. I think it would be totally appropriate as you thank Jesus, as you take communion, as you thank Jesus for what he's given to you and the inheritance that he's given to you, why not do it, if your mom is here, do it with her. If not, with thankfulness, even if you have to do it because mom wasn't perfect, but by faith, I'm going to take communion here with thankfulness for my mom. That's what today's about. Pretty simple. So I want to pray for you and bless moms, and then we will uh, take communion and the Eucharist. Lord, we are so thankful for mothers and their uh, undying love for us that there are people who believe in us. And Lord, I pray for the moms here who are struggling, tired, need patience, concerned, uh, just maybe worn out. Lord, I pray uh, that you right now will fill them up. Let the, your glory rest on them because they are favored. Your favor rests on them. And we pray, Lord, that uh, today's the day they can rest and enjoy this calling that they have and we honor them in the house. And as we say thank you, Jesus, and participate in your suffering, in your that your body was given and your blood was shed for us. We just say thank you for everything that you've provided for us and a glorious inheritance that you've given us. I, I just 
speak and pray over our church, Lord, over this house. Freedom and the realization of what it cost. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.